Welcome to Baby Wearing and Breastfeeding, Nurturing Miracles, a podcast dedicated to the unique challenges and joys of parenting medically complex kids. Each week, we'll engage in discussions relevant to all parents navigating their children's illnesses. I'm your host, Megan Pa, a lactation consultant and mom to a medically complex child, here to share insights and support on this nurturing journey. Hello, everyone, and welcome to Baby Wearing and Breastfeeding, Nurturing Miracles. This podcast is your deep dive into everything baby wearing and breastfeeding. It's specifically tailored around medically complex kids. I'm your host, Megan Pobb, and I'm here to guide you through this journey. Today's episode offers a glimpse into my personal experiences, a little window into my world. I'm going to be sharing my own personal journey and some of the reasons why I'm so deeply invested into the world of baby wearing and breastfeeding. But before we dive in, I want to give a huge shout out to my incredible husband. He's going to be making a brief appearance into this episode, and being in the spotlight is not his scene, but he's a trooper, so he's going to be joining us briefly today, and I truly appreciate him to being on board with me and going on this adventure. Okay, so through our episodes, we're going to be exploring how baby wearing and breastfeeding can positively impact our medically complex kids. And we're also going to be discussing how baby wearing and breastfeeding can just positively impact our healthy babies during bouts of illness. So again, my name is Megan Pop, and I am a nurse and a lactation consultant and a childbirth doula and a childbirth educator and an infant massage instructor. And I'm also the CEO and owner of Amphibia Baby. So basically, I just really dived deep into the prenatal birth, postnatal, postpartum period. Um, I really got into it after the birth of my first son 12 years ago, and I have been learning and serving women in this area since that time, and I just love it. So I feel like I've just been through it all, and I have a personal investment in helping women and families uh, not only succeed, but really thrive in this time frame in their life that is so transformative and so momentous. So over the years, I have focused on my true passions and have chosen those areas to show up and serve. So my most recent endeavor is about sharing knowledge, collecting information about baby wearing and breastfeeding medically complex kids. And that is what we're going to be doing here today. Um, We're going to be collecting knowledge and sharing stories. We're going to be going all the way through the early days of diagnosis, through navigating everyday challenges, and celebrating milestones. So I'm gonna be drawing from my own experiences. I have a personal connection to this topic, baby wearing and breastfeeding a medically complex baby. My five-year-old, so my fourth child, is medically complex, and we found out at the 20-week ultrasound. So I actually went to that appointment, up to that appointment. Um, To that point, it was a normal, uncomplicated pregnancy. I went to that appointment um, with an ultrasound tech. It was fine, it was normal. Uh, Didn't think anything of it. Left the appointment and a few days later, um, shortly after, I got a phone call from my doctor's office and it was to tell me that my baby's kidneys were swollen. And could I come back in for another ultrasound just to confirm? So that was unexpected and it was, nerve-wracking, but I scheduled the appointment for a couple days later with the high-risk perinatologist, 
Um, and at that appointment, um, it was confirmed that my baby's kidneys were swollen and he was diagnosed with hydronephrosis. So hydronephrosis is a swelling of the kidneys due to urine backup. It's actually pretty common. It's found in one to 5% um, of ultrasounds in pregnancies, but typically it's got a good prognosis. It typically resolves by the time that the baby has been born. And my doctor assured me that, you know, that was, we had a good likelihood of that happening. And even if it didn't, that she would continue, he would continue to be followed and it could resolve by the up to the time that he was a year old. So I left that appointment and I was optimistic. I was nervous and anxious, but still optimistic. We scheduled a follow-up for three and a half weeks later. And it was at that appointment that I found out that the likelihood of it resolving for him had gone down, that um, his kidneys were actually more swollen than they were at that previous appointment. So um, we scheduled another follow-up for two weeks and we continued to check in every two weeks of my pregnancy. And every two weeks at those scans, his kidneys were actually getting more and more swollen. It was around my 32-week appointment though that the um, doctor I think was starting to get uh, concerned because she made the comment at that appointment that my son's kidneys were, you know, among the largest she had ever seen. Uh, I asked her, I was like, well, what happened to the baby who had the largest kidneys you had ever seen? And she said that that baby's kidneys had actually burst and he had died in utero. That was very alarming for me to hear. And, um, I asked her, I was said that uh, could that happen to my baby? And she said that the probability was really slim. It was, but it could happen. Again, really alarmed, uh, but I left that appointment. I was composed, I held it in, did not hold it in on the way home and um, was really bawling on that drive home, pulled into the driveway, knew I couldn't go inside. I didn't want my older kids to see me crying like that. So I decided to get out of the car and kind of walk around the yard and try to just, um, you know, decompress. So I ended up sitting in my garden actually. And, um, my kids found me anyways, because they realized I had pulled in and I hadn't come inside. So they came in to check on me, found me just sobbing my eyes out still in the garden. And to this day, that is still the only time that my kids really remember me crying like that. They still have that memory pretty vividly. Um, but anyway, so my husband came out, he collected the kids so that I could have a minute in the garden to compose myself, but I didn't do that. Well, I did not compose myself well. So I ended up calling my sister and, um, he told her what was going on and she actually hung up the phone with me so that she could have her friend call me. So her friend, um, called me and told me the story about how, um, she gave birth many years prior and her baby had to have a, an emergency liver transplant really shortly after delivery and um, how scary that was for her. And they didn't know if her baby was going to survive. Um, thankfully, it's a beautiful story. She's a, her daughter is a thriving young adult now. Um, but talking to her and listening to that story, um, it helped calm me down and I was able to hang up the phone and get up and compose myself. And it wasn't that 
she had said to me that everything was going to be okay, that my story would have a happy ending too, because she didn't know. And my sister didn't know. And I didn't know there was no certainty. I didn't know that it was going to be okay, but I stood up and I dusted myself off figuratively and literally, and I felt better. And I don't know that I made the connection then, but I felt better because I realized I wasn't alone, that many other women were having that same story play out right then and there in their lives. And many other women had had that story play out for them in previous years. And so I wasn't alone. And I stood up and I was just like, okay, we're going to do this. We're going to get through this. And that is one of the big messages that I wanted to share with those of you listening that are going through challenges that you do, that you have a medically complex child. And, and even if you don't, there are moments in motherhood where you are just in the trenches and it can feel so isolating and it can be so challenging, especially when our children are young and they're babies and we've got other little toddlers, it can be really hard and we feel lonely. And what I if I can do anything with this podcast, it's to share that you are not alone and we are not alone. And this is about building a community of support where we can stand with each other and be resilient and share that we have grit and that we didn't choose to weather this storm, but we can weather this storm and we're in it together and we're not alone. So kind of going back to that day, right? I got up, brushed myself off, and I realized, you know, my brain was functioning better now. And I realized I need to get a second opinion, right? Sometimes we need to do that when we're advocating for our child's health. We need to get second opinions. So I scheduled another appointment with a high-risk perinatologist, and it was a week out. And that was one of the longest weeks that of my life that we have had to deal with. We've had other long weeks, but that one was also really long. And, um, but when we when it finally came, we went to that appointment and it was the biggest relief. That doctor sat us down in his own words. He said that the likelihood of an asteroid hitting the earth, Armageddon, there was a higher likelihood of that happening than my baby's kidneys bursting in utero. So when I heard that, my entire body, whew, I just relaxed. I breathed the biggest sigh of relief because I had just been holding all of that in. I was so scared that for that whole long week that maybe there was a possibility that I was going to lose this baby. And when he gave me that reassurance that Armageddon was going to happen first, I just really, really was able to let go and relax a little bit. And I still had, at this point, I was still having weekly appointments with the high-risk perinatologist. We were still having scans. And every time I went in, his kidneys were bigger. But I went ahead and I checked with, you know, my, my doctor, my high-risk perinatologist. I also checked in. My baby had been assigned a pediatric urologist, a pediatric nephrologist, and his regular pediatrician. So I checked in with all of those doctors. 
and made sure that my baby's condition was not going to impact his birth because I had planned a home birth. This was not my first baby. Guys got to remember this is baby number four. I had already had three successful home births and having this be another home birth was really, really important to me. I didn't have control over anything else. Everything else was out of my control. This had been scary and I just needed this home birth. I needed it. I, I wanted to be able to control this one thing, right? I'm sure you guys can relate to that where everything else seems to be out of your control and you just need that one thing. So this is the one thing that I needed was to have this beautiful home birth that I had planned. And at 41 weeks gestation, pretty much on the dot, I think, um, I went into labor in the middle of the night. Um, I had gone to sleep. I woke up roughly around 1 a.m. and I was in labor. Like I was, I could feel my body was already starting the process of pushing. Um, so I got up. I immediately called my husband um, because he works nights and he wasn't home. So um, thankfully, he was just down the street and he was coming home um, because he came in the door and I was like, I need you to come in here a little right now. I am having this baby. And um, he did a few things running around the house, got ready for the midwife. And then I'm like pushing out this baby. So start to finish. Um, the labor lasted an hour. I'm really grateful that it happened that way because um, it was so fast. I didn't have time to get anxious or nervous about anything that was going to come after. So my baby was born beautiful. He, it was a great birth. He was healthy. He cried right away. I was actually in the bathtub and I gave birth to him and my husband helped me move to the bed. Um, my, my husband and my mother and, um, I got in bed, I got to nurse him. The midwife came in and she checked him out and he looked amazing. And, um, you know, we got all cleaned up. And then as I had promised my doctors, we went straight to the doctor's office for them to check him out. When we got there, um, they were able to actually ultrasound him, um, because prior obviously to his birth, they were looking at him through me. So when he was born, they were able to do the ultrasound on him directly and they were surprised. We were all surprised because we found that he actually really only had one kidney. So they were quite alarmed because he had one kidney to, that was really severely swollen. And, um, you know, they were probably already at that point worried that he was going to need a kidney transplant. So they sent us directly from the doctor's office to uh, the Children's Hospital in Washington, D.C. And we live relatively close to there. And um, we were admitted. I don't know what I was expecting. It, it's just a lot to process. It was a lot to process at one time. Um, you know, seeing your baby with lines and leads and a catheter and on really strong antibiotics. He had invasive tests that week. It was a lot to go through. And the two really big things from that week that stood out to me still do is that, you know, you guys got to remember, I had just given birth and I didn't, I was not in bed. Like the moment shortly after I gave birth, I was up. We were going to the doctors. We were taking care of him. We went from the doctors to the hospital. I was walking around the hospital. 
Um, there was no break, there was no rest. And so once we were finally admitted um, and we're in the NICU of the DC Children's Hospital, there are no beds there for adults. So I'm resting and sleeping in a chair and my husband is resting and sleeping in the other chair and it is, we're there for a week. About the second or third day, it's night and my husband had gone home just for a couple hours to check on our other children. And I remember how I was holding my baby because my baby is a, he is a term baby and um, he's uncomfortable. He's got to be, you know, like he's got all these lines and leads and IV and catheter in him and he doesn't want to be put down. Like, you know, he wants to be held and every time we put him down, he cries. So even in the middle of the night, I am holding him and um, my body is just like shutting off on me. <laughs> it's like, okay, you need rest, game over. So I was falling asleep holding him and the nurse would come in and she'd wake me up. And she was polite the first time, not so much the second. By the third, maybe it was the fourth, she was actively yelling at me and I was afraid to say anything. You know, um, I was afraid to stand up for myself because I didn't want her to kick me out. I didn't want my baby to be there by himself. And I'm sure, you know, you guys can relate to that where you are in a situation, especially, you know, in the, in the care with your child and you are afraid to ask questions and you're, you know, maybe afraid to stand up for yourself. That was a rough night. You know, I just, I wanted to be there for my baby and, I needed support and, you know, I wish she would have approached it a little differently, but we got through it. It was really, really difficult. We got through it. The other really big thing that stood out from that week and it was around like the same day, it was the second or third day, but we had all these doctors and experts coming in to see us every day. <clears throat> and, um, like the second or third day a group had come in and they were talking about how my baby was like really sick and they thought that he was going to need a kidney transplant and that he was going to need this kidney transplant but babies can't have kidney transplants until they're 22 pounds and my baby was eight pounds so i'm in my and i'm in my head thinking like i'm doing the math like oh my god my other kids didn't hit 22 pounds till like a year past a year like he's, my baby's never going to make it. He's not going to make it to 22 pounds. Like they're thinking he's going to need a kidney transplant like soon before a year is up. They left. All this is going through my head and my husband and I just look at each other and just start bawling. We just start sobbing because here we are again thinking that our baby's going to die. And I had that huge scare during my pregnancy. I'm having it again and I'm just melting down and he's melting down. And thankfully it, it was, this was awful. Thankfully I recovered much quicker this time. And, um, my brain was like, wait a minute, wait a minute. That's not right. Right. That's not right. I called a nurse in and I, I knew I was missing something, but I'm very sleep deprived, very sleep deprived. And I'm really stressed out. So I knew I needed another brain to do the thinking for me. And I called the nurse in and I was like, what happens if he needs this kidney transplant before he's 22 pounds? And she's like, well, he'll have dialysis. I'm like, oh, duh, Megan. <laughs> Oh, but my brain wasn't working. So, Whew, okay. 
dialysis. Not ideal, right? Definitely not ideal for an infant. Like a lot of other issues um, can pop up for an infant on dialysis, but you wouldn't die. We had, we had a plan. Okay. So that was like, really, that was, that was hard. We ended up being discharged after a week and we got sent home with antibiotics that Tyson would have to take for the foreseeable future. But, you know, we went home and we tried to get, get into life as a family of six, um, with just extra doctor's appointments. You know, Tyson had a, his own medical team. Now he had a pediatric urologist, a pediatric nephrologist, his pediatricians. So we were just going to work through all of this. So, um, I mentioned this name a minute ago, his name is Tyson and, um, I want to share why he has that name. It's not a coincidence. Um, and actually talking to other parents of medically complex children, I think this is somewhat of a common theme. We named him Tyson after none other than the great Mike Tyson, because it is a strong name and we wanted and we knew that our son is strong and we wanted him to be resilient and have grit and he has needed it. So he's, you know, been through lots of invasive tests, lots of blood draws, lots of ultrasounds. He's been through two surgeries. He has another one coming up soon. So we wanted him to have a strong name and a name that would give, you know, would embody grit and embody resilience. I think a lot of you guys can relate to that. And that is the theme of this podcast. It is resilience strength is grit community. My goal here is to provide you with tools, um, and the ability to overcome some of the challenges that you're going to face. And maybe my story doesn't personally resonate with you, but we are going to have, um, people come in every week and they're going to share their stories. And we're going to have experts come in and they're going to share their knowledge. And I know that you're going to be able to get something with that. You're going to be able to connect with some of those other parents. You're going to be able to get some really good knowledge um, to help you on your journey moving forward. So together, we're building a community that recognizes not only our individual battles, um, but we're also going to be celebrating our victories as a community moving forward. Um, so with that said, I told you guys that we were going to have a special guest come in on this episode, and um, that's going to be my husband. He has been my rock. He has been my strength through this entire journey, uh, because sometimes when faced with a lot of these challenges, I can get really dark and negative, and I tend to spiral, and he is just the exact opposite from me. He is really optimistic and positive. And from the very beginning, he has said, our baby's going to be okay. We're going to get through this. He's strong. Tyson's going to be just fine. Everything's going to be okay. And um, he's been exactly what I needed to keep my head above water and to just, you know, do what we need to do to get through it. And um, with that said, I would like to welcome my husband. Hey, babe. Hey, thanks for coming. <laughs> uh, yeah, so I guess I just wanted to say thank you, everyone, um, especially you, 
Megan for um, you know sharing to the world about our our son who has kidney disease. I don't know. My impression about that, I never felt like it was uh, something to be concerned about because I just felt like it would have made me think the worst of it. So I've always been positive about it, been very uplifting. And uh, I mean, we have four children and with him, even though he had the disease, he's the only one with with this uh, condition out of all the four. I tend to treat him like the others. There are moments where he is babied because he is the youngest. But in that, I want—I don't want him to be perceived as the one with a condition. Granted, you know, we we love him so much, and you know, he's treated the same as everyone else. Yeah. So basically, so, the way that you approach it is, mm-hmm. you have been—you've always been incredibly optimistic, and your outlook is to treat Tyson just like the other kids are treated, just like a normal child, which is really important to him because between the two of us, like he needs balance because I do baby him and I do tend to get negative about it. And then you're the complete opposite of me. You treat him just like one of the other kids and um, you're incredibly optimistic. And so between the two of us, I think we're pretty good balance. Actually, I think I'd like to say so. Yeah. (laughs) I hope so. I hope so. Yeah. That's okay. They're all going to need therapy one day anyways. Let's be real. (laughs) (laughs) Thank you, babe. I appreciate you so much for uh, joining in. I know it's not your thing, but I'm really glad that you had a minute to just like come and share your experience. Absolutely. Anytime. I appreciate it. Thanks for having me. (laughs) (laughs) That's how merry folks do it. (laughs) All right, babe. I hope our story resonates with you in some way, and I'm really excited. I actually wanted to tell you a little bit about some of the guests that we're going to have in the upcoming weeks. So I'm going to be back again every week with a new guest. Uh, We're going to be airing on Tuesdays, um, and some of our upcoming guests, um, we're going to be having Sonia Elder. She is an IBCLC. She's a nurse. She is a grief counselor, and she is my aunt. She specializes in helping women through pregnancy complications. She helps guide them through some of the decision um, making that they have to do. She helps them process some of their grief, grief, and she really just helps, um, helps them through that journey. And she was a really huge help. Uh, when I was pregnant and dealing with my own struggles and issues. So that's going, she's going to be coming on next week. And we're also going to be having a certified nurse midwife. She's going to be talking a little bit about the screening process for people that want to have home births and, um, you know, what you need to do really for um, most birthing experiences when you have a medically complex baby. And then she's also going to share what happens um, at a home birth when, or birth center birth, when um, it's a surprise and you don't know that the baby is going to be born medically complex. Um, And then after that, we're going to have parents come on. So um, having a mom come on that has just recently found that her baby has a complex diagnosis and she's going to be sharing how she processed the moment of diagnosis. So I'm like really excited for these guests to come on and for us to be sharing these stories and these wonderful experts sharing their insights. So thank you guys. Thank you so much for joining me today. This has been really good. This is the first time that I have actually shared our personal journey from start to finish like that really with anybody. 
and um, it's been really good. And I hope that you've got something from it. And I'm really excited for you to come back next week. You can find us on YouTube and Spotify, and I'm going to be working to upload um, to more streaming channels. So hopefully we're going to have a wider variety for you to listen to us and join us every Tuesday. All right, guys, enjoy your week. Looking forward to seeing you and hearing uh, from you in the future. Thank you all for joining us on today's episode of Baby Wearing and Breastfeeding, Nurturing Miracles. I hope you found our discussion enlightening and that you leave feeling supported and empowered. Remember, you are not alone on this journey. Tune in next week for more insights and conversations that connect us all in the shared experience of parenting. Until then, take care and cherish every miracle with your little ones.